Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. So good to be here. So I just want to say thank you, Pastor Glenn, for inviting me. Um, Like I said in the first service, we live in Ambly, so this is actually a lot closer than Living Waters, which is in Hallswell. So Living Waters is like our home church, and this is like our wee holiday batch. So it's cool. Now I've got my mum here. Yeah, where's mum? She's the lady with the tats and the dreads. And, uh, And I've got Breezy, my beautiful wife here. This is my African top. Breezy, did you put it in the dryer? It's a bit tight. It was loose the last Sunday. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I've got my family here, and uh, I'm just going to share my heart. Um, who here has heard of Reinhard Bonnke? Cool. A few years. So Reinhard Bonnke is an incredible evangelist. He's... Uh, 53 years ago, God Welcome gave him three Church dreams, and in those three dreams, he saw Africa blood washed, you. For and more information God said, about I want this you to go and preach the gospel in Africa, visit and he, he said, yes, and uh, I got invited to be a part of that crusade as a guest evangelist, which is a miracle, man, like, far out. The, uh, he, he, his ministry is called Christ for All Nations, CFAN. They've seen 77 million souls. Now, that's not 77 million hand up, hand down. That's 77 million decision cards, registered decision cards. It's amazing. What they do, their follow-up is just out of this world. As soon as someone responds to the gospel, they fill out a card. This is in the crusade. Within one hour, they get a, a, phone, a text message or an email from Daniel Kalenda himself welcoming, welcoming them into the kingdom. Two hours after that, they get a, a, an address and a pastor's uh, phone number and email from a church nearby. It is just incredible. As a matter of fact, Nigeria used to be the missionary's graveyard. That's what they called it. But you see, Reinhard believed the call of God that was on his life. And now we're, you know, I was standing on a stage looking at 750,000 people worshiping Jesus. I'm going to just show you a couple of uh, quick pictures, if Josh, you could get that sorted for me, mate, of a couple of churches in Nigeria that, are, that have grown due to Reinhard Bonnke's ministry. If we could get them up here, that'd be great. I'll just tell you a little bit. One of them, the overflow in the, in the church seats 1.5 million people wow. in the overflow. The church itself sits 3 million people. It's three... Yeah, that's a church. And that's in a city... They got told that this was the missionary's graveyard, that the gospel won't, won't go down here well at all. That church there is three kilometers wide and three kilometers long. It's wild. And the other photo is the overflow room. Can we see that? Yep. That's the overflow. So they only meet once a month because traffic is such a major issue when you've got Three, four million people going to church, you can imagine, traffic is an issue. So they meet once a month. It's powerful, man. So yeah, I got invited to be a part of this. 
couple of years ago, I was preaching on the Gold Coast, and uh, you never know who's in the crowd. And a guy came up to me and he said, have you heard of the School of Evangelism, Ryan Hardbonke School of Evangelism? I said, yeah, yeah, it's Scott Thompson has done it, and Todd White, da-da-da. And he said, I want to invite you. So I went in the beginning of this year. It was powerful, man. Just got absolutely undone. I could preach the whole message, this morning's message, just on the encounter I had with Jesus at that school. It was incredible. And then as I just carried on, doors would open up and Brian Hart invited me to be at his farewell crusade where he preached for the last time in Africa. I was meters away from him as he, as he preached his last message. It was absolutely powerful. You know, the security was so intense. Um, we had police escorts and guys following us around with AK-47s, and it was intense. And I had such a desire to be in the middle of those crowds, even though it was where we weren't allowed to go, really. It's where I wanted to go. And you see the hunger, because I learned over there that God responds to hunger. And... Um, couple of nuggets that I, that I took away was, oh, it was powerful, man, that Reinhard said yes. See, his, his first crusade, <clears throat> there wasn't a million people at it. One of his early crusades, seven people turned up, seven, and, and none of them had an encounter with God. And we had a, a uh, um, communion service with him one of the mornings. And he, he's getting ready to, to go and be with Jesus. He's very sick now. And uh, he'd chop her in in his helicopter, land at the stage, get up, and he'd just preach the gospel, man. Just the simplicity of the gospel. You don't need a theology degree to, degree to understand the gospel. It is so simple. These people, with, they've got nothing but they've got everything. Yeah. It was powerful, man. And he just kept plugging in and pushing for it and pushing for it. And he'd get knocked back, but he'd just keep going. Just keep going. And I had the honor of being on the stage when he preached his last message in Africa to 750,000 people after 53 years of serving Africa and doing these crusades. I was there as he preached his last message. It was such an honor, such a privilege. And you know what? That, that just did a lot, but it extended my boundaries on how big God is. I mean, we read the word of God. It says he holds seven stars in his right hand. He's a big dude. God's a big dude. But to see what one man can do when he says yes to God and see 77 million souls saved because he said yes is incredible. I'm believing for stadiums to be filled in New Zealand. It's New Zealand's time. 100%. 100%. And I've stood and seen what a crowd of 750,000 looks like to worship Jesus. I've seen what 200,000 people responding to the gospel every night looks like. And we've got it, man. We've got this. We're going to do this thing, man. I'm going over to Germany in January to meet up with Ben Fitzgerald. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's doing stadium events around the world. And uh, I'm going to go and spend a week with him in Germany. And we're, we're planning a stadium event. I'm already in negotiations with two stadiums in New Zealand for 2019. Not so we can fill a stadium, so we can shake a city with the gospel. 
so we can get 20,000 Christians there in the morning and train them in personal evangelism. Get those 20,000 out onto the streets and shake that city and invite, 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 invite to, to get these guys to come back and uh, to, the, to the night meeting in the stadium. I've already got one speaker confirmed, an uh, international speaker. Most of you guys would know him. I'm not going to say his name, but uh, he said to me, not only did he say, Daz, I'm in, he said, I'll do anything I can to make this happen. We're doing it, man. Okay, so get this. In the book of Acts, Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, Holy Ghost fall, fall, falls and they get filled, tongues of fire, and they're just getting absolutely sloshed in the Holy Ghost. They're getting filled up. God's filling them up. It's amazing. But then Peter does something that I think is incredible. He gets out onto the street and he proclaims the gospel and 3,000 get at it. It's pretty exciting when you think about it. Maybe it's not about us just getting filled up for our own emotional and spiritual needs. Maybe it's us getting filled up so we can fill us up, so we can pour us out. Because I believe we're living in the most amazing times. Sure, it's dark, but the darker it is, the brighter we become. Because I, I've seen so many people get saved, not only in, the, in Nigeria, but around New Zealand as well. You know, those 3,000 men that got added to the church that day when, when Pete got up and preached, well, two Sunday nights ago, Reinhard got up to preach, and at least 200,000 got saved that night. We're living in fantastic times. It's so good, man. I'm just going to share a couple of quick testimonies from what it was like in the middle of the crowd. It was so cool. I saw one dude in there. Actually, I'll stop here for this so you can see. He had a walker. That's him. So he came in with this walker and his feet were dragging the ground. His toes were all cut open and he was just dragging the ground. Hadn't been able to walk for years. And he's in the middle of the crowd and I went and knelt beside him, put my hands on him and prayed for him because the word of God says, you lay your hands upon the sick. That's it. That's it. So it's pretty simple. The whole gospel is so simple, man. So I laid my hands on him and started praying for him and he just went... It was amazing. We got that walker there. I don't know. They must have found it because I got that thing and I threw it as far as I could. And I said to him, now come to me. And he was just walking like this, walking. For the first time in years, he's walking. And then I go another 10 meters. He come on, run. And he starts running. Totally healed, man, in the middle of that crowd. Because Jesus is a healer. He's not just a savior. He's a healer. He can heal the broken heart, but he can also heal the broken body. There was this lady, she was worshipping Jesus. And I, and I just walked past her. She's just worshipping. She's got her eyes wide open. She's as blind as anything. You could see because all the goo and yuck. And, and I just saw her worshipping Jesus, and it just hit me in the heart. So I stopped, and, uh, and I, I started talking to her. She didn't kind of understand. It was like I was talking in tongues. But her sister spoke English. So I said to her sister, please tell her that I want to pray for her. So I got my hands and placed them in her eyes, like right hard on those things. And I just believed that Jesus was going to open her eyes and she was going to see. And as I took my hands away, she went and got a jolt because she saw color for the first time. She saw all the colors on my shirt for the first time. And there's nothing special about me. It's Christ in me. It's Christ in you. 
the hope of glory. You carry him wherever you go. Wherever you go, you've got a living God that lives inside you. You see, he's not just a name in an ancient book. He's an almighty living God, and he lives inside of you. The key to this whole gig for me in Nigeria was hunger. Hunger. Hunger, and I just saw you when you were worshiping. I could just see hunger all over you, man. You just keep doing what you're doing. Just, I saw such a hunger. It was inspiring, man. You keep doing it, okay? Hallelujah. You see, because sometimes we're going to get a bit of resistance. So what do we do when we get a bit of resistance? What did blind Bartimaeus do? You see, he was blind from birth. He was begging in the Bible. This is a story in the Bible, uh, Mark 10, 46. I love it. When I go to heaven, other than Jesus, I'm beelining for Bartimaeus. I want to go and find him. I love him. He's such a cool dude. You see, because he's begging and he hears a commotion, he knows Jesus is in town, and he starts yelling. Sometimes Christians don't love yelling. But he starts yelling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He shouldn't have even been yelling that. That was a little bit naughty thing to say. But he's bold and he's yelling because he wants to get the attention of God because he's hungry. And everyone's telling him, shut up. Tell that blind fool to shut up. But you see, the Bible says that he just yelled even louder. So my question is, when you get shut down, what happens? Do you retreat and go, okay, sorry, maybe the soil wasn't quite right? Because that's a life from the pit of hell. It's about the seed. And I believe we've used the soil as an excuse. They're not ready, they're this, they're that. I've got so many testimonies of people that aren't ready that got radically saved. Because it's the Holy Ghost comes and impacts their life. I was in the, um, yeah, Jesus, come on. Come on, let's give him a shout. Jesus! I was in the uh, in Dubai. Is it Dubai? Did I say it right, Breezy? Yeah, cool. I got it right. Breezy's teaching me how to speak, and so is Josh Van Burkle. Actually, sorry, Josh, I wanted to honor you again, mate. I forgot. You're... Josh has been, com- been my communication coach. I nearly said that wrong. And, uh, and he's put a lot of time into me, as you can see. And uh, we've been doing a bit of traveling together. And I just want to thank you so much, man. I believe when I first prayed about asking someone and, and you came on the scene, the Holy Ghost said to me that you are going to train the warrior within me. And you've done that beautifully, man. Thank you. So I'm in the airport and I go to the toilet. And I'm in the toilet and I just finished in the toilet. Yep, and I turn around, and as I turn around, there's four Muslim men with their Muslim wee hats on and their long things, robes, whatever they're called, and one of them said, you need to remove that t-shirt, because I was wearing, how dare someone wear a Jesus Jesus loves you t-shirt in Dubai airport, someone that's on fire for Jesus, someone that wants to see Muslims saved, and I had a Jesus cap on. And, uh, and I've got Jesus tattooed in my ear. And so, I mean, what do you do about that? But anyway, <laughs> so they said, take it off, take that off. And I could have resisted. I could have gone, yeah, sorry, man. Should I turn it inside out and go and I'll go and put a shirt on or something? And I went, no. I said, why do, I, why do you want me to do that? You, you can't wear that in this, this airport. I said, I can because Jesus Christ set me free. He loves you, sir. He died on a cross. He's not just, 
a prophet waiting to come back. He's a loving saviour. He died on a cross. And I started preaching the gospel to these four men and they were getting very angry. It was very, very intense. But there was no way that I was going to back up because I want to see these men encounter Jesus. On the Emirates flight, it actually says, I'm going to go back to Bartimaeus in a wee minute if you're wondering, Josh. I'm going back there in a minute. Yeah. What was I saying? No, it was a trick. There's only a trick. So on the Emirates flight, it actually says on the ticket and the fine print, you're not even allowed to have a Holy Bible open on the flight. You're not. They're a Muslim carrier. And, uh, and so I sit down next to these two businessmen who are Muslims, and before the plane had even left, we were tracking down the runway, I started sharing the gospel with them. And they started getting a little bit angry, but I was telling them about Jesus. The Jesus that you think's coming back as a prophet, I met him 21 years ago and he changed my life. And so I'm sharing the gospel with these men. One of them got up and said uh, to the stewardess, please, can I find another seat? And she said, why is that? Because this guy's... And uh, the plane was full, so he had to stay with me the whole time. It's an eight-hour flight from Dubai to Nigeria. And uh, so I'm just sharing the gospel and uh, just getting quite angry. But I keep sowing the seed, sowing the seed. Then every 20 minutes, I'll put a bit more water on it. I'll put a bit more water on it, put a bit more water on it. And it didn't matter how they were responding. It mattered that the seed was getting sown. It was so fun, man. And then as the plane was just about to land, and we were in one of the, I was in the front row of the, you know, the, the front row of the plane, where uh, I'm sitting here and the stewardess is like two meters away. It's like, like this, and she's all strapped in, ready to land. You know how they, they face, yeah? So I'm sitting there in between these two Muslim men. Plane's just about to land. And uh, I look at this, this stewardess, and I just start crying. And she goes, sir, sir, are you okay? I said, no, I'm not okay. She said, what's going on? And I said, you don't know Jesus. And she just took her a bit to register, and she, and she, and she said, what do you and I said, you don't know Jesus? And she said, no, I don't. And I said, but he loves you so much. He died on a cross for you because he loves you. Jesus thinks you're flipping amazing. And I start telling her my story. And as I'm telling her my story, the, the Muslim men either side of me couldn't help but hear it because it was, I was quite loud with my story. I wanted the whole row to hear it. And it, tears just start welling up in their eyes because the gospel changes people's lives. It's amazing. And I just keep sharing, keep sharing the plane lands. And we're just about to pull into the, the, the terminal bit when they click it onto the plane. And I said to her, I said, would it be okay if I share the gospel with everyone on the plane? If I tell everyone on the plane the story I just told you? And she, that's when she said, legally you can't because um, on the tickets, da-da-da-da-da. She said, but go for it. And I stood up on the plane and presented the gospel to a plane that would have been half full of Muslim people and presented the gospel that Jesus Christ came to earth as a little baby. He died on a cross. He loves you so much. He's got such a plan for your life. He changed my life and he wants to change yours. I'm going to be in the terminal. This is in Nigeria. It was gnarly to even get into Nigeria. And I'm having an altar call as I get into Nigeria in the terminal. So I get off the plane and I'm standing in the, in the, in the terminal. This guy says, oh, could you pray for me? I said, yeah, I'd love 
love to. Start praying for him. He gets rocked by the Holy Ghost. I open my eyes and there's three other people lined up in the terminal because they want prayer. And those three other people were Muslim people. Because there's power in the gospel. But we just preach it. You know what? It's like this. If we're never hearing an I do, it's because we're not popping the question. Because I don't think that, I'm not trying to say be like me. I want you to be the best you you can be. The best on fire Christian you can be. Because you'll be able to reach people that I can't reach. And I can reach people that you can't reach. But we need to do something. Because it's Christ in us and he wants to spill out of us. And I believe that sometimes that we're so busy in life we can kind of forget what it's all about. I was on the stage looking out over a sea of people. It was a powerful moment. God gave me a picture that Gordon Ramsay had invited me to one of his restaurants, which is lovely. And on the way, I called in and got McDonald's. My wife's, she's gone. Good. Yep, it was a vision. It wasn't reality. And uh, so I, I called in and got McDonald's on the way to Gordon's restaurant. And Holy Ghost is showing me this as I'm standing on a stage looking at 750,000 people that are so hungry for God. They're desperate for Him because they've got nothing. So I go into the restaurant and uh, it's awesome. The service was amazing. They put the wee towels, wee things on your legs and da-da-da-da-da. They pre- present this beautiful meal that Gordon had made just for me. But because I'd gorged myself on the McDonald's, I could see it. I could smell it. I could have some of it, but I couldn't feast on it. And that just broke my heart because Holy Ghost was showing me that's what we do in the Western world. We can be so busy even doing good things even doing good Christian things, even doing church things. We can get so busy doing stuff that when we come to God, we're already half full of all this stuff and he just gets a piece of it. He doesn't want a piece, he wants our whole life. He wants us at the start and at the end of the day. And that was massively, challenge, well, that was massively challenging for me in my own life that it's actually all about Jesus. This whole thing is all about Jesus. And he wants to fill you up. But there's no full stop. He wants to fill you up so he can pour you out wherever you go. Because the day that you said, yes, Jesus, I'm in, I'm a Christian. That's the day that you hit full-time ministry. Because wherever you go, you're taking a living God with you. And I believe it's time for us as a body to stop letting fear control us. It doesn't matter what they think. It honestly doesn't. Because no matter what you do, people are going to have a judgment call on you. And it is is what it is. What if we do everything for an audience of one? You see, because I want to flood Facebook with the gospel and every other Instagram and every other social media account I can get my hands on. Because I, I want people scrolling through going, man, there's more Jesus stuff. What's all this Jesus stuff? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I want Jesus proclaimed everywhere. I want him on my T-shirts. I want him on my car. I want him all over social media. I, I mean, I love going into shopping malls at lunchtime and preaching the gospel in the food courts. Like a do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. It's amazing. 
I had a lady that, that I did that last school holidays. I went into a bakery. My wife's still not here. That's okay. I went into a bakery and got a pie and some other stuff, a bag of stuff. Anyway, some apples. No, it's apple pie. Anyway, so I, I went into this bakery and she said, I've seen you before. And I said, oh, really? And she said, yeah, did you stand from Rickerton Mall and talk about God? And I said, yes, I did. Customers came in, so I let them go, and then they left. And I said, tell me about that. And she said, I was just so inspired by it. And I said, are you a Christian? She said, no, I'm a Buddhist. I said, that's awesome. Give me your hands. So she leant over the counter. I grabbed her hand. I started praying for her. She starts weeping and gave gave her life to Jesus. She's now going to a Chinese church in town. Because she got so inspired by something on Facebook. That's how dear someone stand up in a shopping mall and present the gospel. What if you go, okay, well, Daz, I, I don't want to do the shopping mall. Cool, I get it. That's not normal. What, what if you were to go, Jesus loves you today, post. You could do that. It's easy. Jesus loves you today, post. It's pretty simple. So I think we just need to do something. And, and the, the key thing is for me, as he, as he fills us up, it's actually for the world so he can pour us out. I've got a friend. I'm just going to really quickly end with this. She was a Satanist. Hard. Some of the young people have heard this story probably a thousand times. It's powerful. So lost. Because I believe if we get this, that no one's that lost, that they can't be found. No one's that broken, that they can't be fixed. No one's actually that hurt, that they can't be healed. If we get a hold of that, because we have a living God lives inside us, and we've got a broken, lost and dying world that are going to hell, and they need you, and they need me. They actually do. Do you know they actually want to hear the gospel? They actually want to hear it. Because my mind, when I got saved, it gave me a thousand reasons why not to respond. But my heart was going, oh my God, this is what I've wanted all my, my whole life. The same as we leave this building. Everyone out there has got a need for the gospel. It's so good. So she's so lost, so messed up. She got very sick. I went around to her house. There was a miracle that I got in there. It's a gang sort of house. It's very heavy. She's lying on a bed, a massive tumor on the side of her face. She is going to die. Satanists, pentagrams tattooed across her chest. Demonic statues hanging over the bed. A satanic Bible on the bedside dresser. It's dark. But you see, the Bible says that we are the light of the world, that we're a city on a hill. And a city on a hill, when it's dark, shines bright. Because there's no degree of Holy Ghost. You've either got Him or you haven't. Just like you're saved or you're not. You're going to heaven or you're going to hell. There's no purgatory. It's black or it's white. And if it's lukewarm, then that's not cool. Because that's a taste God doesn't like. You'll be vomited from His mouth. In or out, we're gathering or scattering. She was happily been out. She'd, she'd rejected God. I'd shared the gospel with her so many times. But then God gave me a word for her. She was getting angry with me in her room. God gave me a word of a little six-year-old girl looking up at a big Jesus head. And I thought to myself, this is ridiculous. I can't tell her that. I'm going to get that satanic Bible and get it thrown straight in my head. And I said, hey, Emma, I saw this picture of this little girl. She's six. And she was looking up at this big Jesus head. And she just broke. 
after five, six years of sharing the gospel with this beautiful girl, she just broke on her bed. A word in season split her heart open. You see, if God gives you a word, don't look at it, put your filter on it. Could be green lawnmower, you just say green lawnmower. Because that had such a massive impact on her life. She opened her heart, I prayed with her. It got a bit awkward, I didn't really know what to do. So I prayed with her, and I trained people in evangelism. And I didn't know what to do, I was so surprised that God turned up. And that's kind of cool. And, uh, and, I, and I prayed with her. I led her to Jesus. A hundred days later, she died and went to be with him. Powerful. She's now with the Jesus that I told her all about. <laughs> so good. At her funeral, we got invited. And, and her dead body was an open casket. And I thought, this body's coming back to life. I'm going to pick that thing up and throw it. Like Wigglesworth. I pumped, man. I just thought, she's coming back to life 100%. And as I put my hand on her cold corpse, Holy Ghost said, what are you doing? She's with me now. And the whole family was in this room around the body. Heavy people, covered in facial tattoos. Heavy. <laughs> and her dad said, hey, Daz, as my hand was on her head, he said, Daz, can you tell us what happened that night that you came over? Because that night changed my daughter's life. She stopped the cannabis. She stopped the anti-anxiety the anxiety medication. She stopped this. She stopped that. She just felt so peaceful. And she started listening to religious music. What happened that night? And I had my hand on her head, as cold as ice. And I told the whole family what had happened, that she gave her life to Jesus. She asked Jesus Christ to come into her life, to be her Lord and Saviour, so that when she takes her last breath on earth, she's present with the Father. Because oh, people are dying, and they're dying without Jesus, and that's not okay. Maybe you're in here today, and you're struggling in your Christian walk. I want you to know today is your day. Today is your day. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Today is the day to get right with God. He loves you so much. He's got such a plan for your life. It's so exciting. People say Christianity is boring. They need to hang out with me for a day. It's so not boring. It's amazing. And maybe you're dry. Maybe you've been struggling. I want to tell you that he's so for you today. And you know, for me personally, with older calls and giving people an opportunity to respond, the days for me of closing eyes and whipping up hands and doing it quietly, and I'm, I'm done with that, man. You're in or you're out. You're proud of him, and you're one of his kids, or you're not. But if you're struggling with God, I want you struggling in your walk today. I want you just to be bold. Or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus, and you go, "Man, I want what that guy's got." He loves you so much. I want you to this you. I want you to stand up right now. If you need to get right with God today, God bless you, bro. God bless you. Today is your day. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, man. God bless you. He loves you so much. He so loves you. He just wants to drop a love bomb inside you so you'll never be the same again. He's so for you. 
you know, I, I saw 750,000 people at once worshiping Jesus. And the most beautiful thing about it, he's interested in the one. Every single one of them. Every single one of you and me, he's interested in us because he loves us so much. He left the 99 to go and find the one. And you know, so many people think that the, that the crucifixion was up on this hill away from society. I want you to know that's a lie. It was on a street corner, on the middle of a street, public. He hung there publicly, nailed to a cross, beaten to a pulp. The Bible says that his body was unrecognizable. They whipped him so many times, the skin on his back was hanging like ribbons. I want you to get this because this is what love looks like. This is what he's done for you. You see, he's not just a name in a book. He's a saviour that died for you and died for me. And it's fear or a hard heart that will hold us back from the fulfillment of God in our life. They placed a crown of thorns above his head. They spat on him. They mocked him. They grabbed chunks of his beard and they ripped him out. That is what love is. And he was a lamb heading to the slaughter for us because he loves us. That is what love looks like. I want you to know there's still more people that need to get right with God today. There's something about standing to make a public start. a declaration. God, I'm in. Today, I am in. God bless you. God bless you. this is for you. I'm doing this for you. That all that junk can be washed away with his blood. You don't need to carry it anymore. It's so good. It's so freeing. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Because what if it's normal to wherever you go share the gospel? What if that's normal? What if it's normal wherever you go, people just know there's something about you. They can just sense that fire of God that's in you. You get close to them, they feel the heat of the gospel coming off you. Friends, that's normal. That's what it's supposed to be like. But we can fill ourselves with all this junk if we just fill ourselves with Him and get the sin out of our lives and just go, Jesus, use me, use me. You'll see your family saved. You'll see your friends saved. You'll see your schools impacted. You'll see your workmates impacted. And it's all because you were just being a Christian, a normal Christian, a Bible-believing, normal believer who's on fire for God, who's so proud of his dad in heaven. I'm so proud of Jesus, man. There's two people in here and your heart's racing. You go, man, Des, when are you going to let this go? I'm not. I'm a dog with a bone. This is too important. You need to stand up right now. He's pulling on your heart. It's, and one of you guys, as soon as I started speaking, you felt a conviction of the Holy Ghost today. And I want you to know he's pulling on your heart and he's actually drawing you into himself. He loves you so much. I'm going to give it 10 seconds. And then we're going to shut this hole and we're going to pray for these beautiful people. 10. If that's you, you need to stand up right now.
This is a lot more intense than the first service. And I'm just feeling that God wanted me just to drop a bit of a bomb in here. God bless you, mate. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. Come here, man. That's awesome. Come here. That's awesome, man. This is it, man. This is it. You stay here, okay? Stay here. Five. Four. Who else needs to respond? He's putting his hand out to you. You're going to grab it this morning. Four. Come on. Don't let fear hold you in your seat. Don't listen to those lies. The Bible says he's a liar. He's the father of lies. Don't listen to them. Divorce yourself from those lies right now. If that's you and you need to get, God bless you. If that's you and you need to get right with God right now, let's do this thing. Three, two, one. Awesome. Okay, what we're going to do, you guys, if you just come forward, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. Hey, let's give them a clap, eh? The most beautiful thing about Jesus in my life I'll let you in on a little secret in my life I'll be a bit vulnerable here when I fall over when I make a mistake I say Jesus I'm so sorry and every time he just picks me up by the hand and goes it's okay son you'll do better next time he's not up there with a big stick Yeah, I, I, I'm sensing there's some people here and you're, you're actually, your perspective of God is that he's a, a grumpy dude with a big stick. He's not. And when you fall over and make a mistake, just get back up. It's so beautiful. It's forgiveness. He's, he's paid it all on the cross for us. It's powerful. So today is the first day. You're going to walk out of here different to where, where, the way you walked in. All right, I'm believing this, man. I'm believing of a real impartation from heaven in your life. I love you, man. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to pray. And uh, you know what? It's not so much even about the words that you're going to say. It's about your heart. It's that heart connection. God's always been into the heart of man. We're going to pray. I'm going to lead you through a prayer. Believe God's going to impact your life, so then you'll go and impact the world around you. Dear Jesus, okay, just like this morning, we're going to put a bit of life in this. We're talking to an almighty living God. He's got fire in his eyes and a sword in his hand. He's a big, cool dude. Okay, so we're going to put a bit of passion into that, that we're, we're actually not just praying to the ceiling, we're praying to a living God that's listening right now. Dear Jesus, I thank you for today. I believe that you died on a cross for me because you love me. I ask you right now to forgive me of everything I've done. Wash me in your blood. So I'm standing right now before you holy. I love you, Jesus. 
I want to give you my whole life. I want you to be my best friend. I pray that when I leave here, I'll be so on fire. Wherever I go, people will get burnt with the gospel. In your precious name. Amen. Come on. Okay, so what we're going to do now, I'd love to pray for you guys. Um, I don't think there's too many time restrictions, eh? Yeah, man, I, I just want to, if you're prepared to wait, I'd love to pray for you and just impart a bit of fire into you, impart a bit of boldness into you, impart a bit of courage into you. So when you leave here, man, you are on fire. You're a burning. You know that song, this little light of mine. I, I hate it. I hate it. It's not this little light. It's a burning furnace in you. Wherever you go, people are going to get, get, get rocked with the gospel. Okay? Awesome. Jesus.